Hey everyone, welcome to our 30th, yes, 30th episode of Greater Greener Georgia. <laughs> it's been so much fun recording all these episodes, so make sure to go back and listen to all 29 of our other episodes on Spotify, and I'm pretty sure they're also out on Google Podcasts and on Apple Music and probably most places where you find your podcasts too. Yeah, and we, we've really covered the gambit of topics, you know, from way back on how to how to have a more sustainable diet to the Rivian plant opening and, and electric vehicles and, and even amazing interviews with candidates and other inspiring um, co-workers and also other, you know, folks from around Georgia. Yeah, it's been really fun getting to meet all these people and have them on yeah. our podcast, which brings us to today's episode. We got to interview Juan, our coworker. She is our C3 organizing director, and she is giving us another update on this public service commission lawsuit and all of the appeals and all the changes that have been happening over the past few weeks and how it's so important to our community. So let's take a listen to that interview. Hey, y'all. I'm super glad to be here. I am Juan Smith, Organizing Director, um, Home Organization, GCV Education Fund. Um, so I'm on the C3 side, not the C4 side. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And so we kind of just wanted to do a whole overview of this crazy Public Service Commission lawsuit that's been going on the past few weeks. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's definitely been a back and forth that would make for a great Hulu lifetime or network or a Netflix series a couple of years from now. So um, originally there was a lawsuit that a Voting Rights Act lawsuit that um, was brought about and the initial plaintiffs were Robert Rose from the NAACP, Wanda Mosley from Black Voters Matters Education Fund and excuse me, Action Fund and Briante McCorkle, ours truly, yours truly, um, with Georgia Conservation Voters, who brought this suit about because the Public Service Commission elections are voted on statewide um, and to date without a initial appointment by the governor, there has never been um, a Black person or African-American um, voted to that office because of how the Black vote is diluted across the state. Yeah. And so would you mind just kind of walking us through the timeline of everything that happened? It was a little confusing with all the appeals and it ended up all the way in the Supreme Court. Absolutely. So the first decision came out on August the 5th. The U.S. District Court Judge Stephen Grimberg ruled in favor of Briante and her co-plaintiffs. Um, and he decided that Georgia's at-large method of electing uh, the PSC. So again, when I say at large, that means that um, while you live in a particular district, um, that district's outcome in and of itself does not um, predict who will represent that district. So it's at large, everybody in the vote, everybody in the state's vote is commingled together in the same way as if when you vote for president of the United States or when you vote for um, a, a congressperson, so on, so on and so forth. Um, so that weakens, in essence, the Black voters' voice, which violates the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Um, and, po and so when the judge ruled in their favor, i.e. our favor, um, he ruled that the election should be postponed in the races that were up on the ballot in this November. And so, you know, 
when I tell you it was, we were like biting our nails, we were on the edge of our seats because there was this whole back and forth over the next two weeks. There were a, a series of appeals and decisions um, and it escalated all the way up to the United States Supreme Court where they ruled that the Public Service Commission District 2 and 3 races must indeed be postponed. So um, as it stands, it has to go back to the General Assembly. They have to create um, a new procedure. And until that happens, um, then it's going to be postponed. And, and we don't think that that there's any possibility of that happening before the November elections. Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty good news. It means that there's going to have to be a new form of the Public Service Commission election in a way that does not dilute these voices anymore. And so I kind of am just interested in your perspective. How is this going to impact our community? What do you see going forward in the future? How is this going to change Georgia's Public Service Commission? Well, well, listen, so, you know, over here at GCVF, we are definitely, definitely, definitely um, nonpartisan. We are a C3, so we, we're not rocking with anybody. We rock with the issues. We have values. Mm. We have principles. Um, but in order to really highlight why this was a problem and the way that it will benefit or undergird the voting power of the community, you have to look back to the 2020 election. So Daniel Blackman um, was the candidate on the ballot. Um, and, and as Daniel Blackman was running against Bubba McDonald, Daniel Blackman being a, uh, a Black man, he made voting rights history in the state of Georgia. So bar none, uh, any other election, Barack Obama on the ballot, Stacey Abrams on the ballot, first go round, Daniel ran for the Public Service Commission race, and he got more votes than any other Black person in the history of Georgia elections. But because um, the district in which he ran did not dictate the outcome of the election, because the state, you know, influence is the way it it, it is, um, Daniel didn't win that election. And so it, it, it didn't matter that the folks in his area, it didn't matter that there was a high concentration of folks who wanted him to represent them by and large, um, that vote, those voting rights, that power was silenced by the peanut gallery, as they say, right, mm -hmm. by, by the peanut gallery. Um, so as our folks take to the polls in, in October, as our folks take to the polls in, in November, the Public Service Commission election won't be on the ballot. But this sets precedence, right? Like this sets precedence to let them know like somebody is watching and in terms of the ability of them to be able to vote for representation in their community, um, that there is a precedence that's been say, we set. So we know, you know, oftentimes um, the most important part of a legal battle is the precedence that it sets for the for the battles that come after it. Mm -hmm. um, and so this this was a win um, for people who want their voices to be heard. Just because the Public Service Commission is no longer on the ballot this year does not mean people should stay home and not vote, right? Like there's still a lot of important races out there that we need Georgians to speak up about. Most definitely. So, you know, over here, we are definitely pushing the whole ballot. We want everybody to go out and to vote down ballot. All of all of the races are utterly important. Um, you know, we've had a, a series as hard as it's been this year, as disappointing as politics in the state of our communities have been overall um, the last two and a half, three, four, five, six years. Right. 
um, we know that in the last 18 months that there have been a series of legislative wins that we would not have thought possible five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and some we should have gotten more. Um, some we should have gotten sooner. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is that we wouldn't have gotten those five years ago. And the, and the reality, furthermore, is we got them because of people power. Yep. So it is imperative that if we want to continue to get these wins, if we want to continue to move the needle, um, if we want to continue to show people that there is hope in situations that sometimes seemingly appear hopeless, we have to get to the polls in November. You know, we talk about down ballot racing. We say the, the further down the ballot, the closer to your mailbox and your front door that you there issues are impacted. So we want to tell people when you go out to vote, don't just stop at the secretary of state. Don't stop at the gubernatorial race. Don't stop at um, the Senate race, but ensure that you go all the way down ballot. Listen, labor commission is important. Make sure you cast a ballot. Make sure you do your homework. Make sure you do your research. Make sure you know who we're going to represent your best needs for labor commission, agricultural commissioner. Make sure you know Who's going to represent your best interest? There are a number, there are a number of seats on the ticket that impact our day-to-day. -day. Public service commission is important because every time we flick a switch, they make decisions that impact us. And so many of these other races that are on the ballot are just as important. So we need folks to get out there and vote. We need you to vote on like your livelihood. That's why we talk about the labor commission. We need folks to vote like their livelihood depends on it. When we were in COVID, when those monies were coming down, the ability for that particular agency to be efficient and, and making sure folks have their their checks being efficient in all of the relief and the aid that came down, distributing those across communities across the state, like people in those key, whether it's the ag, whether it's the Department of Agriculture, whether it's all of those offices are integral in making sure that we get the services that we need, the representation that we need, and that policy is in place to impact low, moderate income, black, BIPOC communities all across the state. If you are, and it doesn't matter if you're in rural Georgia, it doesn't matter if you're in the metro, in urban Georgia, it doesn't matter if you're in suburban Georgia, it is, it's only a matter of time before one of these issues come knocking on your door. And you need to make sure you have the type of person who is going to reflect and advocate for your best interest and use our tax dollars because ain't none of this free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> none yeah. of, you know, people talk about subsidies. People talk about government programs, whatever it is, legislation, policy. We pay for all of it by and by. And I want somebody in place who's going to be a good steward and who's going to return my investment to me in a way that I need it when time is critical. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. And I look forward to watching the amazing work that you and the rest of the C3 team continues to do because it's so important and really impacting everyone in, you know, Atlanta, across the whole state. So it's just really awesome. Thanks, Alexis. Thanks, Miles. Thanks so much, Juan, for giving us some of your time and being so inspiring. It's so great to talk to you. Yeah, it's so cool to watch Juan and her C3 team do such a great job. They're, they're on the ground organizing everywhere across Georgia, not just in Atlanta. You know, they, they really are out there driving and, and putting, putting feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. 
And so while Juan is killing it over on the nonpartisan C3 side, GCV also has a C4 branch that's run by Allie Brown, famously our podcast number one fan. <laughs> yeah, we want to make sure to, to you know separate those things in the podcast here, but mm-hmm. um, they're doing great work. Uh, the C4 is di- working directly with a lot of candidates running for office this year who have been identified as climate champions. We even have a second round of endorsements coming out soon. So, so definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah. And one of the most notable candidates that we endorsed already is Stacey Abrams, who you probably know is running for governor of Georgia. And she came out with her climate policy plan this week, and we're all really excited about it. So I want to just highlight a little bit. She's calling it um, her plan to protect Georgia's environment and ensure statewide resilience. And just a few of the kind of facts and figures she includes is she wants to use federal funds to ensure that Georgians are at the forefront of clean energy and energy efficiency, which could create up to 40,000 jobs. Uh, she also, if she becomes governor, wants to guarantee resources and assistance for healthcare service providers, hospitals, and healthcare facilities that will help respond to public health emergencies like severe weather-related incidents caused by climate change. Um, she wants to adopt an integrated coastal resilience plan that protects critical infrastructure, coastal industries, and people and marine ecosystems living on the coast. Um, And also ensure that a lot of agricultural and livestock businesses in Georgia have access to long-term protection from extreme weather. And she even wants to appoint a chief resilience officer to coordinate uh, like environmental resilience policy and planning to invest in those kinds of spaces across Georgia. So we're really hoping that she can become our governor, that all y'all get out and vote for her so that we can have uh, someone who takes like real steps to protect our climate here in Georgia. Yeah, it's been really amazing to see that actually over the last couple of weeks, there have been really positive things happening where it seems like steps are being taken um, in Georgia and across the mm-hmm. country. Um, and and we at GCV, we're doing everything we can to make sure people like Stacey Abrams get into office in November and, and they do bring bold climate action to Georgia. Uh, you can join our efforts by signing up to volunteer with our GC Victory campaign. Just just check us out at GC Voters on social media to learn more. Yep. And so that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be back into episode 31 with you soon. Mm-hmm.